This is the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast with your host, Big Bad Boris. We are back with another action-packed, enlightening episode of the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast. My name is Big Bad Boris, and I'm joined by a man, an esteemed man, a very wise man, a very judgely man, Mr. Judge Ben Ullman. Ben, how the hell are you? Wow, Boris, I, I'm doing great. Thank you so much. What an intro. I Big bad to, Boris. <laughs> I try to give nice, fancy introductions. That's so nice. You're the first guy to ever introduce me that has uh, got my last name correct, so you did it. Yeah, we we actually we had a conversation about this at the last show when you were talking about some people call you Uman and stuff like that. Man, that's been following me around my entire life. And I mean, it's obvious, like when you look at the last name, like that's how it's spelled. But a uh, little Dutch lesson for you. So two vowels beside each other is the letter you're trying to say. So two E's is E, two O's is O. That's how you oh. pronounce it. Yeah. See, educational and informative. Boom. So the first time that I crossed paths with you was the, uh, uh, did you work the, the, the live clandestine show or just the taping ones that we did? Yes. Yeah, that was my uh, first show working with a lot of those uh, people. First time venturing outside of like where I was trained. So that was a, a big show for me, actually. But yeah, that's where we first met, I believe. So you did do the live show? Yes, I did. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, um, and it's funny because after the, uh, the live show, we did the tapings. And this is one of my favorite stories. We did those tapings and they premiered, <laughs> they premiered on YouTube a little while after. Yes. And I'm, I'm watching them with my girlfriend just because, you know, I wanted to watch everything and see how it all, you know, turned out. And, and she's like, that referee, I think that's my son's guitar teacher. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and she's looking again. And we're like, we're wait, we spend this whole match just looking at you waiting for like, why can't we get a good shot of the referee? And she's like, yeah, that's Ben. I'm like, yeah, that's his name. So I sent you a message. I'm like, I'm like dude, you teach guitar. And lo and behold, small world, you are, in fact, my girlfriend's uh, son's guitar teacher. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it was pretty funny when you brought that up because you were saying you were saying their name. Right. And I was like, oh, like I'm thinking uh, last name. And I'm like, who are they talking about? Like, Who could they be talking about? And then it clicks for me. And I'm like, oh, at least it's like, you know, my best student. So I'll give them that. But. Yeah, what a weird little world. And Boris, I got to admit, I actually, I knew you uh, as, as a fan. Like, uh, that's how I knew Big Bad Boris. So meeting this version of Boris was uh, was actually pretty special to me. Oh, you're you're inflating my ego. So so truth be told, and no disrespect intended, I don't really know a lot about your, your story, but I'm always interested in guys who are not necessarily wrestlers because... I feel like uh, like maybe we share similar stories about how we got into all this madness. So tell me where this where this all started for you. <laughs> okay, yeah. So uh, 2016, uh, I was hanging out with some friends watching Hell in a Cell 1998, uh, the obviously the infamous Mankind uh, Undertaker yeah. cell match. Uh, yeah. And uh, this guy comes into the house and we're like, hello, like, who are you? And my friend's like, oh, that's my friend Austin. I'm like, oh, excellent. Okay, who are you, Austin? And he's like, oh, you're watching wrestling. And we're like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, you're thinking he's going to be like making fun of us or something. He's like, no, my, my dad's a referee. And I was like, no way. Like, who, who's your dad? So his dad was Kevin Lauren, who was the senior official of Monster Pro Wrestling for years. Uh, okay. Since 2006. So uh, he was like, yeah, my, my dad's a ref. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I've always wanted to get into refing, which is true. I've uh, since I was a kid, I've kind of wanted to get in to refereeing specifically for pro wrestling. Uh, right. So I was like, wow, that's awesome. I'd love to meet him. He's like, well, why don't you come down? Like, 
not do a mini camp, but come check out the training facility because we had uh, a training place set up in Gold's Gym on the Westmount Mall. Uh, so he was like, oh, come check it out and uh, meet my dad and see what's going on. So I, I messaged his dad on Facebook actually a few months after meeting this guy. Uh, and he was like, well, well, come and check out uh, the camp and I'm going up uh, to work for a while. So I'm going to be out of town. I actually need to train a new referee. Uh, are you interested? And I'm like, well, this is a lot at once, but let me go check it out. Uh, and I got hooked. Uh, you know, I got to just like move around in the ring a little bit and kind of experience that for the first time. It's uh, especially when you're a fan of wrestling, especially indie wrestling, live wrestling in the city. It's, it's pretty cool to get to do that. So uh, I, Kevin and I agreed to do some training uh, I had been probably about two months into training before he was up in Fort Mac. And he's like, yeah, so you're going to have to do the show now. Uh, so went in there with very, very little true training and experience, which is, uh, you know, that's, that's a nice opportunity, but in retrospect, probably could have used some more training before I went in there. Uh, but it, it was good. Yeah. Scared to death is no, no, I felt confident in it, but in being in front of the audience, it was more, I didn't realize how, uh, how much goes into pro wrestling, especially, uh, Oh, like being in the ring instead of just watching it as a fan. So yeah. uh, getting my first taste of being in match is kind of what kept me going. Like it was so exciting. And I, I felt like it had come full circle considering when I was a kid, uh, I used to go to all the PWA shows at Nate's uh, from like 20, uh, 2006 to like 2009. I used to go to all those in the casino shows a bit. Um, so I was a fan of wrestling in the city and to finally be able to participate in it was just, it was great. Yeah. So you're familiar with my work then. <laughs> I, I am. That's where I go back to. Uh, I, uh, I have to admit to you, I was at a show where you wore a dress. Uh, I believe uh, yes, it was, uh, Fright Night. Night. Yes, sir. Oh man. What an ex. Well, you know what? That show is like what hooked me on, uh, like PWA and, uh Edmonton wrestling at that time like what an excellent card and so many guys that it's so cool to now have been able to referee with or you know have some conversations with and work with it's it's, it's really cool but yes you were in address that show and uh and Tex Gaines got thrown down the stairs at Nate and bashed his head off all the bleachers and I was like 10 I was like what am I watching but oh amazing that's kind of awesome that you were there. Yeah, I know I've told this story before, but yeah, that dress was purchased that day at a value village and it, it stunk to high heaven. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 I got bladed that night for the first and only yeah. time. And uh, yeah, one of my favorite nights of my quote, I hate using the term career because it sounds so pompous, but like one of mm -hmm. my favorite nights that I, you know, stuff that I've got to do. So why, why refereeing? Because like I, when I was young, cause I'm obviously a little bit older than you. So I, you know, my grew up and I was you know, young and the age, like the heyday of like the Hulk Hogan's and all that right. back in the eighties. And, and I never like, I excited to get into wrestling, but I never thought I could be a wrestler. Right. Did you kind of think that too? Is that the same mindset you had or is that just me? Like no, I, I, well, saw, I never saw myself as Hulk Hogan. Oh, I see. Okay. Like maybe um, I saw myself as Gorilla Monsoon or Vince McMahon, you know, but I'm like, I don't see myself as the, you know, the, the six, eight, 300 pound guy beating people up. Right. Well, growing up, I was really tall actually for uh, when I was going through like elementary and junior high, like really getting into wrestling. So a part of me was like, well, maybe I'll be like six, nine, I'll be a monster. And no, uh, that, that obviously didn't happen, but uh, how, sorry, I'm kind of losing thought or uh, track of what I was saying. Um, 
I guess uh, when I was younger, uh, the guys I looked up to were not necessarily guys I identified with. Um, and I was obviously a big fan of like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kane and Brock Lesnar. And they're not necessarily guys I would uh, compare myself to, especially uh, like at that time in my life. So I never really identified as like, oh, I'm going to be a wrestler and I'm going to be like this, or I really see myself as a Hulk Hogan. But I always saw myself somehow being involved in it in some form. Like I uh, used to always create uh, characters on WWF No Mercy mm-hmm. and be like, oh, like, is this something that I could like present myself as as a wrestler when I'm like an adult, you know, being like 10 years old and watching PWA and trying to compare it to like what I could be like as an adult as a wrestler. And it, that never really clicked. Um, I always thought that I would be a good referee because I really liked uh, watching like Earl Hebner and Charles Robinson. And like when I was a kid, I knew these guys and I really liked their work. And I really thought that they added so much to uh, watching a match that I really wanted to see myself in that role. And then as I kind of grew up, I stopped watching wrestling for a little while. Uh, So I kind of forgot about it. But when I got reintroduced to Kevin, I was like, wow, I actually really wanted to do this as a kid. I'm, I'm getting this opportunity. So I guess I kind of always thought if I was going to be in wrestling, I probably wasn't going to be a wrestler. And to this day, I still don't think I really want to be a wrestler. I'd much rather stay refing uh, as long as I can. But yeah, I'd say I saw myself as a, more as a referee actually growing up when I think about it. So how much different was it getting in there and actually doing it compared to to what you thought it might be as a kid and even when you're a little bit older? Because it's, and I've said this before, it's a very, very important job. Oh, sure. Um, I didn't realize how much uh, from a, like a, a shoot perspective, uh, a referee does in a match. Uh, I definitely saw it as a, you know, a, like an, an enhancement talent, so to speak. Um, and somebody who's always in the match, but you know, just like counts the threes and you rings the bell. But uh, when people started, and I hope I'm not killing kayfabe too much here, but like no, when fire away. Um, people started calling, yeah, when people started calling spots through me and uh, and like relying on me and asking opinions for finishes so I wouldn't be buried, like that was such a, an eye-opening experience to realize how much really goes into being a referee and especially like a good one who's present and yeah, not just watching the match, but yeah, heightening the match and adding so much to it. Yeah, I always say like a good ref is one you never notice until you're supposed to notice. And, and uh, like I've been spoiled or we've been spoiled because the fits – uh just still just he he's an absolute the best. Uh, he's a great guy but just yeah. a, a fantastic referee and he he refereed my my one and only match with Andy and and yeah he was always there making sure that I was okay and telling me to settle the crowd and yeah just fantastic so yeah, it's a super super important job yeah fits you know I'm glad you brought fits up like um I was always such a fan of fits when I was a kid and I, I hate to uh, mark out like that uh, <laughs> on the air here but I got I was such a fan of Fitz because I, for that exact reason, he was so good at not needing to be seen unless important for like the spot or for the finish. He was so good at always being consistent too. And he looks the part and I'm getting to meet him and work with him. Like that's so incredible to have him along uh, doing the love wrestling shows and doing uh, dungeon wrestling in Calgary and getting to uh, work with him one-on-one and get some really good feedback. Yeah. It's yeah, the Fitz is the best. Am I the only guy not on these damn dungeon shows? How come I'm not on there? Oh, uh, 
I don't know. If, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if I don't know if they're. I guess they're not really doing any video or anything because I've offered my services to to Dungeon, but there's yes. There, but I, I don't know if they have really have anything for me. But like, From... I, I want to go up on Saturday to that show on the ninth, but I can't afford the damn gas because I'd really like to see that show because I think it's going to be good. Are you uh, are you refing that show? Yeah, I actually, oh, I, I do get to ref that show. I'm, I'm really happy to be able to be on that card. Um, yeah, Dungeon Wrestling is doing a lot of. Uh, it's not. I don't want to call it spot shows because it's all like Calgary and area, but uh, I don't think they're uh, focused on like the live stream and uh, video content as of right right now. It's more about just getting out there and doing these shows. And so far I've only been on one out of the two shows that I know that have happened. Uh, And it was a, it was a really great experience, Um, especially working out in 60 nation. That was, uh, that was really cool. Uh, So yeah. Dungeon, if you're out yes. there, hit, hit me up. Uh, you also refereed. <laughs> you got a chance to to do. Uh, uh, you refereed the Saddle Dome, did you not? Yes, I did. That was my uh, that was my first PWA show. Um, th- that was really cool. And working in an arena that big is uh, is a huge challenge. You, you don't realize how much the sound affects you when yeah. you're actually in the ring. Uh, and also having that probably a fifty foot space to the audience gives you a little bit of leeway of being able to kind of communicate properly, but working in such a loud environment and in front of so many people, that was the, the biggest house I've ever worked in front of. I don't know about you, um, but definitely. Yeah. What, that was a really cool experience. Just the way that it was set up and uh, that show was really cool for me. I got to work with a lot of guys that I watched as a kid. So I kind of felt coming full circle in this industry uh, to be on such a really, really interesting card and to see Brett and everything. Like um, that was my first I guess it wasn't a, like an in-person encounter, but first like wrestling encounter with uh, with Brett, which is pretty cool. So I'm excited for Saturday to uh, work with more of him and his crew and everybody who's there. Yeah, just uh, popped up in my Facebook memories actually this uh, this week. Uh, I want to say 2008 was uh, one of I think we did it twice, but one of the uh, PWA halftime shows at the the Eskimo game. Oh yes, memory. So I remember that being a really, really fun day too. I think I can't remember if we did it twice or if it was just the one time we had Samoa Joe and you know, uh, there was, was Al Snow on that card. Then we we must have done it twice because I think there was one with Al Snow and there was one with Samoa Joe. So maybe we did do it twice. My memory is just is terrible for for all the things that you, that we've done over the years. So we must have done it twice because I know there was one with Joe and. Uh, uh oh fuck. I'm I'm drawing the chemical cowboys, <laughs> not not Ricky Rage with the other one, and I'm so sorry that I'm, oh, forgetting. Um, I'm blanking your name. Oh I'm I I don't know. Yeah, I'm blanking <laughs> his name and I feel really bad for that. Uh and yeah, then when there was another one that I think Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe was on or something. So yeah, but those were also really cool. I remember uh sitting in the ring watching the stamps and, and the Eskimos on field level after yeah. after we were done, which is pretty cool too. That's that's actually really cool. I never got to see that show but i uh, was keeping track of uh the pwa at the time and seeing how uh how big that venue is for that ring man that was, that's must have been a cool experience like were you managing when that was going no, on i was i was done managing what happened was uh, uh tex gains uh got injured so i think he broke his leg or something happened and, and they tried me out with a couple of different guys really really quick and uh, they just decided not to put me with anybody else and then that kind of ended my managerial career. So, so I, I taught myself how to video edit and I taught myself Photoshop. And then we started 
you know, the, the original crew that were doing the DVDs had me do commentary. And if you go back and watch those original DVDs, the commentary, it's so like it's it, I assume it's like a wrestler going back and watching his first match and going, oh, my God, this is fucking awful. <laughs> but like yeah. if you go back and watch those old DVDs, it was done. All the commentary was done in post-production and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And, and it's awful. But, yeah, I taught myself all that stuff just to kind of stick around and they kept me around and the rest is history, so to speak. Right. So now, when you were editing matches and doing like the video library for PWA, uh, when did you start doing that? Because I have an old tape of Fright Night 2007 uh, and, and maybe you're the guy who made that footage. No, the uh, the original DVDs that were done back in like the Nate Show days and I think the early casino days, those were done by uh, Phoenix Taylor and oh, Michael, yeah. Michael Avery. Uh, they, they did those. I took over in 2012. So everything that came after 2012 was me. I shot okay. and edited everything, but before that was uh, was uh, those guys. And they did a great have job. Have you ever... Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, have you ever uh, put your stuff on, on like a streaming service? Because I imagine there's got to be a market for, we, like, we did, for we did. We indie did. wrestling here. Yeah, we did. Uh, I We had a thing called... Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Pivot Share. Pivot oh, yes. Share, yeah, we had a, a Pivot Share. Uh, I called it PWA On Demand. And starting a couple of years or so before the pandemic shut us down, all the shows were going on there and there were links to it on, on our social media and links to it on our website. And we don't have the goddamn website cool. anymore, but uh, yeah, everything after 2012 was me. Anyway, enough about okay. me. Let's talk about you. Uh, no, that's okay. <laughs> I, I like being asked questions. That's okay. Uh, if you're familiar with the podcast, I like to have uh, my guests. Uh, this is a music slash wrestling podcast because those are two things I love very much. Uh, I like to have my guests pick two songs that we play during the podcast and talk about those. So your first song you picked was by the Prince of Darkness himself, yes. Mr. Ozzy Osbourne. The track is Diary of a Madman. Tell me why you picked this one. Okay, so uh, the guitar player on this album, uh, Randy Rhodes, you're, are you familiar with him? Uh, he died in a plane crash, did he yes. not? Yes, he did. Um, so he is my favorite guitar player. Uh, he's somebody I base all of my uh, uh, my gear off of. I do a lot of uh, guitar session work, right? So after a lot this, of my after, gear after and my play, amps. And, after, sorry, after we play this track, I'm going to ask you all about your music. So Yes, of course. So I'm anyways... Oh uh, yeah, he, uh, Randy is uh, kind of my idol for, for music, and I think this is his, uh, you know, his peak uh, performance in the studio. Uh, they don't perform this live uh, because it's too hard to actually do live because of all the tracking and all the choir work and how uh, he orchestrated this. So I just think this is like the best uh, music that not only Ozzy has attached to him from like a technical music standpoint, but also it's Randy Rhodes' best work. All right, so this is Diver Madman. This is Ozzy Osbourne on the Punk and Todd Everett podcast. Yeah. 
That was the Prince of Darkness himself, Mr. Ozzy Osbourne, with Die of a Madman, as picked by Judge Ben Uman. Sorry, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, uh, so, yes, you are obviously a guitar player. When did yes. you start playing guitar? And, and, and tell me all about that, because that's, that's something really interesting to me, because I love music and I've, I've dabbled in it myself. Yes, okay. Uh, I started playing guitar when I was in grade six. So I was 12 years old. Uh, my mom gave me her old uh, Yamaha $100 garage sale nylon string guitar. And if you play guitar, you know that that is a, a horrible instrument. Love you, mom. But uh, just just the shits. Um, and they, my parents offered me some lessons. So I uh, had a really good teacher who you know got me hooked on Ozzy Osbourne and Iron Maiden and got me really interested in that in music uh, for like, especially that heavier 80s, 90s style electric guitar. Uh, growing up though, uh, I had done a lot of uh, musical theater. So uh, I actually have a diploma from McEwen from uh, the theater arts program there. So I did some oh, performing. Great. Yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of uh, music theory training, but applying it to heavier like rock and metal was just so great. Uh, and it was the first instrument that I, I really uh, felt attached to and really developed a passion for. It wasn't one of those things where, uh, you know, the, the parents is forcing their kids through instruments or, you know, they're taking it because they feel like they have to, like this is, was purely self-driven. So I, I only had lessons for maybe like two months total. And then uh, a lot of self-learning and having really good band teachers in junior high and high school. And, and then I was playing in bands for a while throughout high school as well. Uh, so I kind of, got hooked to electric and especially that heavy, like we just listened to like that Aussie mm -hmm. style music. Um, but I, I've been playing now since, Oh boy, how old am I? I've been playing electric guitar for 14 years, which is crazy. Uh, and I, you know, it's actually brought me a lot of success and a lot of uh, uh, gigging and stuff. So I do a lot of wrestling as you know, um, but I also have done a decent amount of, playing for uh, like orchestras or you can like hire me in and I'll like play your charts if you're in like studio or I do like private lessons, as you know, and uh, music's kind of just been something that's really important to me my entire life. My, uh, my parents are both into it and my brother played and it's something that I think naturally happened. I'm glad it, it has uh, picking it up for my family just because uh, it, it's been a huge part of my life and playing guitar and sticking to it was probably one of the best decisions I ever made as a kid. Cause sometimes you pick up an instrument and Oh, this, the drums don't feel right. And you drop it. And sometimes you don't go back in the music. I was really lucky to have that first instrument just be like really click with me. So but I ended up studying. Uh, no, go ahead. So uh, what were some of the names of the bands in high school? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> um, so I played with a group called Noir Nui, which is a horrible translation to like Black Knight, uh, but it's actually the, the syntax of the sentence is switched. So it's, it's night dark. So it doesn't actually work very well. So that was horrible. Uh, I played in a band called Yikes for, yeah, I hate the name. Uh, I played with them for three years. That was probably yeah, the most I successful I group I played with. I think that's an okay name. Yikes. Is, was there an exclamation, <laughs> an exclamation point with yikes or no? No, no. Just the word. I, I vetoed the exclamation mark. I thought that was too much, but it was pitched. It was considered. <laughs> um, yeah, so I played with yikes for a while. I played with Norm Nui for a while. Uh, oh, my God. What was that other band I was playing in? 
Uh, Havana was a group I played with out just outside of high school. Uh, the most of my like fun gigging, I would say like, you know, not really uh, career driven or like financially compensated work was with Yikes. And I, and I really loved playing with them for the time being uh, before I kind of got deep into theater school and stopped doing that as much. But uh, since then, a lot of the groups I play with, I don't know if you're familiar with Jazz in the City at all, are you? No, I'm not. No, okay, okay. So there's a group called the Ryan Davidson Trio, and they're a pretty successful Edmonton jazz uh, trio. And I uh, play for these orchestras for musical theater every once in a while playing guitar, and Ryan Davidson is the lead of that trio. Um, and he doesn't always end up doing these gigs. So sometimes I'm the guitar player for the trio and I just stick out like a sore thumb because they're all so good. Uh, and, and I'm relatively self-trained when it comes to guitar, but uh, it's just like, it's so cool to be able to play with such a, like a great band and have those opportunities from uh, people in the theater community, like being able to kind of hook me up. I, I feel like I've gotten so many opportunities that I, uh, in music at least, that I'm surprised I don't do it more often. That's awesome. Um, I was in a band in high school called Trevor's Distorted Appendage. Amazing. What did you play? I, I play the drums. Yes. I, I dabble a little bit in singing, but I have been playing drums off and on for, for, for a very long time. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned session music. Do you, have you played with anyone really cool that we would know about, or is it more just kind of local stuff? No, it's more Not local. That's a bad thing. No, no, no. Of course not. It's more local stuff. Uh, it's a lot of it is working in, uh, hit orchestras or working with uh, people demoing uh, musical theater, uh, like doing recordings of themselves or, or students who need uh, guitar players underneath them, like that work uh, or that, sorry, that record at the studio that I work at. So it's more uh, smaller work for the session stuff. And uh, my, my main, uh, like my premium music content is when I get to play with those orchestras because uh, that's some really hard music. Like you would be surprised at how difficult some of the guitar parts can be for like a, like a, a grease the musical or something like it's, really? it's ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so is this the shoot job? Is this how you pay the bills? Um, no, it's, it's half how I do it. I, I work two jobs. Uh, this is more of a, a side thing when I, you know, have these opportunities come up, I, it's hard to say no to them because they're, they're usually pretty grand, but no, I've, been uh i've worked in uh barbecue actually for a long long time i just recently got out of that but i used to i've worked in uh in cooked like southern barbecue for seven or eight years now oh now uh, we're talking all yeah, right yeah i do barbecue bro hell no but i eat oh yo <laughs> okay all right man I, I can i can cook you some good ribs now that's for talking. sure Oh, All right, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go quickly to your second song just because we're on a bit of a time crunch and I want to talk a bit more about wrestling after this. Absolutely. You, uh, you, you picked a song by The Who, but it's a very specific live version of... Uh, uh, what was it again? Hang on, let me pull this up here. This is uh, uh, Summertime Blues from Live at Leeds. Now explain why this specific version by The Who. Okay, so The Who, if a, anybody who listens to The Who knows that their live material is better than their studio, uh, hands down. Uh, but Live at Leeds is the best recording of this song. If you go through YouTube or or uh, or Spotify and try and find any live recordings, this is the only one that really shows off Keith Moon, their drummer, uh, how excellent he was, the late Keith Moon. He's, uh, as a drummer, I, I imagine you could probably appreciate just how uh, how busy he is on the drums, but also how like tasteful in a way. It, it's so chaotic, but so controlled. Like, he's just excellent. He's a 
sad story too. Yes. Yes, of course. All right, so we're gonna go to the Who is the Summertime Blues live at Leeds on the Podcast Pod Every Podcast. is the who on the punk and potters podcast as uh requested by judge ben Ullman. now recently you became a giant asshole oh, oh shit yeah i did now explain to me how this all came about and were you a little bit so okay i guess i should explain you uh you have stepped away from your refereeing duties in love pro wrestling you have turned heel as the kids like to say and you <laughs> joined up with a bunch of other assholes Hey, and uh, uh, so tell me about that because I I've uh, enjoyed your promos so far. I think your promos are oh, thank awesome. You. I thank think you. your your and this I hope you take this as the compliment that it comes across. But you are coming across very easy to dislike. 
Good. And I mean, and you, you understand, I mean, that complimentary. But yeah, no, the promos have been really good and the group is really good. So tell me where that idea came from. Or were you nervous to kind of put a bit more spotlight on yourself? Well, you, well I, I never really saw myself managing uh, when I went through all of my training and through my work refereeing indie wrestling. I never thought I was going to manage. Uh, but I, I had done so many road trips and, uh, you know, out of town bookings with Lumberjack Larry and Rich King uh, and Mitch Clark and T.Y. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, See, these we've are done all guys so many. That I'm just becoming familiar with because again, yes. I've lived in my my PWA bubble for so many years that I don't really know a lot of these, and I'm learning and I'm meeting all these the these new guys, and all they they're all pretty good guys. I like them. Yeah, no, they they are excellent. Uh, they're excellent. I, I really do like them. Um, it, it's uh, sorry, less train of thought. Um, yeah, they're they're excellent guys. I, I traveled with them for. Uh, for a couple of years before uh, leaving Monster Pro, which is where I met them all. Um, and we've kind of always had this um, bond because we kind of broke in around the same, within a year or two of each other, we all kind of broke in around the same time and worked together so much uh, that by the time we had uh, either left the promotion or stopped wrestling and came back, uh, we kind of all resurfaced uh, in... Um, in the pandemic being like, I wish we could work together and do more stuff together. So just the way that everything is uh, falling together with love wrestling, we've been able to uh, pitch this idea of us like being a faction. And it it wasn't initially thought like, Oh, we're going to do this thing. It was just us doing these trips together and kind of becoming really good friends. Like I imagine you have uh, a core few people in this industry that you've uh, that you really identify with, that you really vibe with. And the A car, some... baby, the A car traveled up and down them roads for years. <laughs> God damn it. You know that, exactly. The A car is legendary. I want to know who's in, who, am I allowed to know who's in the A car? Don't ask Kurt because Kurt gets hot because he always says his <laughs> car is the A car. Uh, the A car <laughs> evolved over the years. The A car evolved. It was uh, myself and, and, and Marky and, and what about Ivan and Asriel for a while? And then it became myself. And uh, and what about Ivan and uh, uh, Michael Richard Blaze and uh, 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 Gabriel would be in there every now and then. But yeah, those good ride. Yeah, great, great, great trips, great trips back and forth. Always had yeah. fun on the A car. I miss those trips. We're gonna call my car the Z car because yeah, because yeah. uh, <laughs> we're we're not there. We're not that. We're different. So so but, were, you, were you nervous putting the spotlight on yourself and having having to take the to, and speak for these guys and do that thing? No, I, I felt actually pretty prepared for it, considering all like the theater training I had had. So I felt really comfortable going into this role uh, until I was out there and actually doing it. And it's always that way, it seems, because yeah. I'm out. I'm out trying to do what I think managing is, because admittedly, there's not a lot of training for managers. And there's yeah, only a couple in the city, that, right? So sorry, that happened with me as well. I just kind of flew by the seat of my pants and I just kind of like, I took the advice for, from Tex Gaines. He gave me a lot of great advice, but a lot of it was just kind of trial and error and just feeling it out and, and doing what I thought was right at the time. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's what it's kind of come to where I'm like, I'm trusting the instincts of from what I've seen in ring and like what I know about the, uh, the business and trying to harness that into being a, a well-shaped re- uh, uh, manager. But I felt comfortable in the role until I'm out there. And then I'm like, I don't know what to do other than what would I do if, uh, if, you know, this is a UFC fight and I was managing Mitch, well, I'd be checking on him and cheering him on. So I guess I'm going to do that. And then also, you know, uh, the fans don't really like me uh, at Love Pro Wrestling. So uh, it's 
easy to scream back at them. They're all just a bunch of lizard people anyway, but I get attacked by the front row verbally. Yeah. It's pretty brutal, (laughs) but it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Some of my favorite times in wrestling was when I was managing. I want to backtrack just a little bit, actually, because I meant to bring this up earlier. Uh, You suffered an injury at a love pro wrestling show. Tell me about that. Was that the first kind of serious injury that you, that you had uh, in, in wrestling? Yeah, that, that was the first serious injury I had. So, um, you know, it, it stuff happens. Uh, yeah. My it, guy's doing a flip to the outside and we caught him. And uh, between the three or four of us, some came down on my leg and I tore some ligaments to my ankle. Uh, so I it wasn't a complete tear, which is excellent because then I didn't have to do surgery. But it was bad enough that I was off work and off walking for like a couple weeks. Uh, I didn't get back into the ring for two months. Um, and, and when wrestling's as busy as it is right now in Alberta, where you can, you can work two to three times a week, if you're willing to make the drive, yeah. uh, it, it was agonizing. Cause I'm watching all my friends doing so much. And I, I just like miss being there. And I was still hanging around and like seeing the boys, but it, you miss getting in the ring when you, when you get used to it, even as a referee, like you, I don't know, it's a, it's a special uh, feeling being out in front of the fans. And that was a, that was a sucky thing to miss out on, but I was glad to come back and, uh, and just had the the plentiful opportunities going on right now is just a, a like it's a good time to be in wrestling. It's a really good time to be whether you're a manager or a wrestler or a referee or um, doing media or doing video. Um, Once it gets yes. in your blood, man, it's in there. Absolutely. So give me uh, let me know where we can see you. What are some upcoming bookings you have uh, wrestling or music or both? Gotcha. Um, so, uh, I have a, uh, you'll see me at most any RCW in Edmonton. Uh, you'll see me at dungeon wrestling in Calgary for the Romero rumble. Uh, I will be on the, Ooh, what else is coming up? I have the love wrestling show, uh, LPW six at the end of July here on July 29th. Uh, it's that's a big a match for our group is going to be yeah, a, it's a big match for us going up against, Michael Allen, Richard Clark, Stephen Crow, and Michael Richard Blaze. That's a that's a three big hills to climb, right? That's a I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that. And, and I then, got the uh, best seat in the house, baby. You sure do, sure do. Um, and after that, I got a I have the Top Talent Wrestling at the end of August, and in September I'll be doing that Victoria Pavilion show. So oh, yeah, it's it's a busy summer for wrestling. Excellent. Uh, now hit us up with your social medias. Where can uh, where can the folks find old Judge Ben Omen? Gotcha. Um, right now, you go uh, Instagram. Omen Boone would be my current account. Um, but stay tuned to Instagram because I will be uh, releasing kind of a uh, more Judge Ben Omen account ASAP here. I just got to get on that. Yeah, you came to me a couple of shows ago, and you're like, Boris, I would like you to refer to me as Judge Ben Omen now. And I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad you sucked to that. I appreciate that. All right, uh, Mr. Ben Omen, thanks for hanging out with me, man. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. It, it means a lot to me to uh, get to talk to you like this one-on-one. So thank you. And, and you have verbally agreed to teach me how to play White Claw Enema Bong Hit by Surfboard on the guitar. And I'm going, yes, to I have. Hold, I'm going to hold you to that. Got it. I, I have two guitars for you. Hell yeah, I'm excited. All right, so we are <laughs> going to go out by some new music from the Petrol Girls. Uh, this track is called Baby, I Got an Abortion. It is uh, apropos for the times we are living in today. 
Uh, again, Ben, thank you for, for hanging out. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, check out this new track from uh, the Petro Girls, and we will talk to you all next week. I'm a goddamn shippy mother, got it once, so that's my purpose. I'm a goddamn incubator, but baby, I'll see you later. Whose life are you pro? Yeah.